Perez is the man of the hour. Verstappen's daddy steps in, and Isidro loses his cool over Mercedes. Welcome to the Late Night Race Review. Fifth of June. Thanks for joining us here again for another episode of the Late Night Race Review. I'm Dave Jericho, and with me, as always, a man with so much negativity he needed a second building to keep it all in. It's Mr. <laughs> Fucking Two Buildings himself, Owen Scott. Also joining us is a man bursting with so much positivity he can put a good spin on a colonoscopy. It's Mr. Isidro Gonzalez. On this week's episode, we take a look back at the biggest headlines in F1, what we hope to see in Baku, and we'll discuss some of our predictions for the 2023 driver lineup. As always, your support for the cast is much appreciated, so get hitting those like and follow buttons on social media and get sharing with your friends. Now, it's time to hand over to Mr. Fucking Two Buildings himself and get on with the show. It's well, if you count my house, it's now three buildings. Evening, lads. How are you keeping? Um, and, and a third building that's so big, he needs two <laughs> routers. <laughs> that's right, that it keeps on disconnecting from. Um, how are you keeping? I hope you had a, a great bank holiday weekend so far. Well, I hope Isidro has, Dave. You can, you can whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, the talk of the town since Monaco, lads, has been uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, a fantastic win that puts him right into the title race uh, where he deserves, um, alongside Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen, and being rewarded with a, a two-year contract extension. Dave, what yes. do you think of the timing from Red Bull and seeing Perez alongside Max for another two years? Oh, I think the, the timing from Red Bull was probably inevitable. I mean, who else was going to... Like he's he's showing form, so who else were they going to sit in that car next year? Um, the more so, I think the timing for uh, Perez is more important um, after the statement that came out from uh, from Red Bull. So uh, yeah, I think from both sides, I think it's a, it's the right move, isn't it? I think it's a good fit for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, this this time last year, you could have probably seen. Um, the likes of a Gasly maybe getting a shout, but I don't think there's anyone that's currently on the grid don't that so. could do what Perez is doing for Verstappen and for Red Bull at the moment. I don't think. No, I don't think so. I think I think it's a, it's a great fit. Although I think El uh, Yas might uh, <laughs> might disagree with everybody, but uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. a great fit for everybody. Daddy, daddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isidro, were you uh, surprised to see Perez get the extra two years? Um, and has he warranted that extra time? Do you think? Uh, definitely, he's been he's, do, he's doing very very well, and uh, I think Monaco win was definitely the proof that if there was any doubt in Red Bull's mind about extending the contract, it got cleared after Monaco. Mm. So it's well deserved. Let's see how can they how can they manage the two pilots that are now uh, racing for the for the first position in the championship. Do we think we'll see a, a Nico and Lewis scenario after? I, after yeah, I, I, I think yeah. they let the they let them drive for a while. If they start wrecking cars, Red It'll Bull might say, "Yeah." Mm. There's there's previous here with Red Bull. I mean, they had this with Ricardo as well, but I don't see. Perez, he doesn't have the same mentality uh, as a Ricardo. I don't think he's as ruthless, maybe. Um, I think he's much more of a team player 
And I, I think that's another reason why Red Bull have handed him that extension is because they know um, what he's like within within the team setting as opposed to, obviously, he can challenge for a title, but I think within that team, it works just so well. I um, think that might change. Do you think? Yeah, I think that mentality. I, I, I would have agreed with you had we had this conversation, which we probably have already, um, but uh, if we had this conversation last week, um, <clears throat> I would have said, yeah, like, you know, he's a team player, you know, he's, he's happy to take the team orders and stuff like that. But he was annoyed at the, at the team orders being issued previously. He's been putting in good performances. He know like he's, he's gaining, uh, um, or he's eaten into the points on Verstappen and then Red Bull have come out and said, we don't care which driver wins the title. Um, I, I think he might get a bit more bullish now. I think he's he, like, he's got a two year contract. Why not? Why not stick your elbows out now and, and or dig your heels in whatever you want to go with. Um, and, and yeah, not play the teammate game. Like, I mean, he, he's, he's as much chance to win the, the driver's title this year as Max does. So yeah, I, I think if the team orders come, I think he'd be less inclined maybe to get out of the way this time. Yeah, Very interesting and... to see the two of them clashing in the garage, wouldn't it? Redwood Redwood doesn't care because either Paris first and Verstappen second or vice versa. They still get the same amount of points for the championship manufacturer. So for them, it's uh, they don't really care at the moment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. They get the points either way. Mm. And uh, Dave Red Bull, as, as we've we've talked about there, they came out commenting about the driver situation and saying that they were happy to let the two drivers race. Are, are you surprised by by these statements after the year that Max had and and how much they're investing in in him to be the number one driver? I know we have this talk about number one, number two always, but Max very much nailed on or was nailed on as number one driver there. Yeah, I mean, look, he's the world champion, so I mean, we we knew he was going to be given preferential treatment going into the start of the season um like Perez was definitely and I think we we had the conversation that we thought Perez was going to it was going to be whoever was going to win the constructors title this year it was going to rely heavily on the number two drivers backing up um so in the instance of Ferrari we thought you know Carlos Sainz we were talking about it before might let the side down because of his poor run of results um, so whereas with Red Bull, um, you know, we thought, you know, he, he was strong last year. He wasn't going to be competing for a driver title, but he was strong enough that he was going to help that team win the constructor's title. And same goes this year. But now he's stepped up his game again. Um, so for Red Bull, um, yeah, I, again, like I said earlier, I think they're in that Nico and Lewis scenario now where they do have two drivers. Maybe Max is still just nudges it on the favorite side of things. I mean, he is the reigning world champion. He does um, possibly edge Sergio on the track ever so slightly, possibly. Yeah, um, yeah I think, I think uh, yeah, I think they're right in, uh, yeah, backing Perez now and, and allowing them to race. Cedro, put yourself in Christian Horner's shoes for a second, if you would. Um, your young, proven superstar, um, who's likely going to be a multiple times uh, world champion. And then you have a super talented, experienced driver pushing for, for race wins. How do, how do you manage them on track? Or how do you manage them within the, within the garage as well? Uh, I would just let them drive until I see that they can behave uh, on track and uh, in the office per se. Mm. And if I had to... If they don't manage themselves, then 
I would imagine that at the end of the day, Verstappen is the is the guy that they have their sights on for for the long run. Uh, Perez is is a solid driver and he's now got extended, but Verstappen has been there for a while and his contract is much longer and is the reigning champion at the moment, if any, the title. So if they have to pick, if the drivers don't handle themselves well in the track, I imagine that at the end of the day, Max will will be number one and Perez number two. Would it be fair to say that that Max has experience in this situation already? Uh, I'll, yeah, with with the past with Ricardo, I'll say he he has some experience, but now I think he feels that he has the backup of Red Bull. Not only because he's the he's a champion, he's a, defending the the championship, yeah, and also it's been there for a while. But Paris is a solid mature driver, so he also knows what to do in these situations. Is I think um, Verstappen is good, but uh, he's still a bit. I'm not going to say he's a bit young mm. because it is. But Perez is a bit more mature, so he knows probably how to handle these situations. Mm. I think uh, another thing that's. Um, which I don't know whether you were going to bring this up as well, Scotty, but it just speaks a bit to the mentality with Jos Verstappen coming out and sort of slamming Red Bull for their st- comments about treating each driver equally, um, that they didn't care who was going to win the driver title. Um, and it, it almost struck me like a... You know, like Mazepin, do you remember? Uh, Like in Drive to Survive, they sort of highlighted it where Mazepin was complaining about his car. I want his car, you know, give me the same car he has. And they're sort of saying, we both have the exact same car. Like you're just, you know, you're not just, you're just not driving it as well. And it just smacked of that. It was like Jos Verstappen kind of saying, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're not giving my son preferential treatment. Um, it, oh, it was terrible. Like it was, and from Yoss as well. Like I mean, I thought that was really, it was really childish, and I really kind of spoke a bit about the mentality in the camp about maybe they're a little concerned, especially maybe, um, you know, on, from the outside looking in, you know, they're they're a bit concerned with uh, Perez's um, sort of sudden rise of form. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, be interesting to see how that pans out. Whether that's uh, that that sort of conversation with Yas and Red Bull gains more uh, gains more ground um, as the season goes on. If Perez starts gaining up, you know, um, racking up some more wins. Yeah, I mean, it, it's beneficial, obviously, to have Yas in Max's corner because of the experience that he has. Uh, clearly, mm. but it, situations like this where it really doesn't help him, as you said, it doesn't look good. Um, to have your dad coming out and making comments in the press. And I don't think any other um, managers... Is Yoss is his manager, I think, really, isn't he? I would imagine. I don't know, but I would imagine yeah. he is, yeah. Yeah, it is. I think that it's that that's uh, that was made like official, but um, yeah. I don't see any other managers of drivers coming out and making statements in the press like that. Um, no, so I... it's really not, not to Max's benefit to have Although in fairness, there's not many drivers that are in the same situation like that they're in but but i but still it's terrible uh yeah it doesn't it doesn't look good it's not a good it's not can you imagine like if um 
Lewis's dad came out after the, the race last season, after last season, and just started just absolutely moaning about the result and stuff like that. I mean, it just, yeah. It's, just, it, it's literally like your mum driving up to school with you by the hand and being like, are you bullying my son? Yeah. Please don't bully my son. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mom, you're, you're embarrassing me, please. They're going to bully me more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, poor old Max. But anyway, Dave, keeping it with, with Red Bull, we'll stay there just for the moment. Um, Verstappen suggesting this week that the drivers who bring out a red flag during qualifying should be given a, a penalty points. What do you think about that? Very, it depends on the circumstances of the red flag. Um, like under the like, he, he sort of, I know, I, I think he was talking about that. This conversation has been going on, um, before the Monaco incident with Perez and Signs that stopped, you know, brought the red flag out in Monaco, um, for the qualifying. But, um, I, yeah, again. In the event of, say, for example, what Nico Rosberg did, I mean, that is the, which was in Monaco as well. Now, again, that wasn't a red flag that was brought out, but it was still, it affected the drivers behind. So it's very, it's very much in the circumstance because, you know, a genuine accident, it's a bit harsh. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you wouldn't get, you don't get a red or any penalty points for bringing out a red flag in a race. Uh, you know, un- unless you've done something absolutely bonkers, if it's ju- if it's a racing accident, it's a racing accident. Same goes for qualifying. It's when it looks like it's intentional and malicious, then that's up to the stewards then to decide was that an intentional. Um, like, do you remember when um, the, the, was it last year when uh, Leclerc crashed in qualifying? Yeah, Monaco last year, yeah. And I know that, like, it, he clearly didn't crash the car to stop um, anyone else setting a faster lap because he absolutely wrecked his car and ended up not starting the race. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of people that speculated that he did that or attempted to do that. Maybe he attempted it and went into the corner a little too fast and damaged the car more than he intended to. But people were of the assumption that he intended to do that and bring out a red flag. Yeah. So, like I said, in those instances, I think it's up to the to, to the race stewards then to decide whether penalty points should be awarded. But I think that's a very difficult decision. I think it's got, we're we're on a, a slippery slope at that point. I think in, in that in that situation, say take that that specific one last year, Monaco. Would that mean then that uh, Leclerc would drop back down the grid? I think he's talking about. Was he talking about a penalty or penalty points on the license? Oh, so, right. okay. so I think you can have 12 penalty points on your license before you get a race ban. Um, okay. So I'm not sure whether he's talking about a penalty, like a, you know, like a grid place penalty or whether he's talking about a, um, a, a, a penalty points on your license. I think it might have been penalty points on the license, but um, or maybe he was just talking a general in general penalty, whatever is mm-hmm. is fitting for the for the event. Um, either way, I still think it's on a slippery slope. I do think in the likes of, like I said, what happened with Nico Rosberg, I think that was clearly, I mean, he'll tell you it wasn't, but I think anybody, I'd say 90% of people watching that race uh, and that, that qualifying thought he did that intentionally. Um, so I think in that instance, yes, probably he should have got a, a penalty, should have been, I think he got pole position that race anyway. That's why he did what he did. So um, he should definitely have lost that pole position, I think, for that. Uh, but again, it's a slippery slope if you start doing that and start policing uh, qualifying in that way. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking of red flags, uh, Mick Schumacher and Haas uh, are in the news as well. Mick being given a warning over his recent crashes. Isidro, do you think that this is starting to get a little make or break for, for young Mick? Yeah, I think I think things are not looking good for Mick Schumacher. The might be just a public warning, the first one, but I imagine that on the background, he must have received much more. And uh, so I don't think things are looking good for him on the season, on the next season, unless the, unless he picks up and suddenly starts collecting points over points. But at the moment, Magnussen is doing a much better uh, race than he is. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I, I'd nearly see he could be gone for next. Like, I'd hate to say it because it's just, I think, for the nostalgic value, you'd love to see a Schumacher do well in Formula One. But, um, I mean, he's cost the team in, in excess of, what, $3 million, $4 million over four crashes. Um, now, I know they're scattered through the last maybe, you know, the back end races of last season and, and this season. But um, that's a lot. And we're only seven races in. What are we, seven races in? So um, he's a long way to go still this season. So if he keeps, if he keeps this run of form up, he, yeah, he's not going to have a drive next. I, it, it'd be hard to justify why he should have a drive. And if he does have a drive, if he does continue to have bad form and still has a drive next year, then I think that has to be, that has to be something that's come from higher up that someone has said, um, you know, give him, you know, you know, we're we're giving him as many chances as possible until the yeah. absolute dying death. But uh, I don't think it'll be in um, a has though. Yeah. So the likes of say a, a Latifi uh, at Williams. Do you even see like I mean, do you even see Schumacher going to a, a Williams or a team like that? See, he's in the Ferrari Academy. I mean, he's he, yeah. Ferrari. But that's why I mean he would. The only reason I think he would, if he ha continues to have a poor season, crashing cars, et cetera, et cetera. The only reason I could see him still being here next year is because Ferrari want him. Mm. You, you know, they have this romantic vision. I mean, Ferrari are a romantic sort of outfit. And they see it that, you know, if we can have Schumacher, a Schumacher, you know, in a Ferrari excuse me, in the next couple of years, um, you know, there's just, there's a bit of, you know, Formula One romance to that. Um, but so that's the, you know, I think that's the only way that would come from. There's like an instruction from the Ferrari Academy to say, give him one more chance. Um, but I think Gene Haas will kind of say, no, we can't afford it. Like, you yeah. know, um, so he may end up, I know this sounds ridiculous and I don't have, because I know the cost caps look everybody's, fix on their own budgets and stuff like that but like I, I i could nearly see him swap with joe um not because he deserves the promotion up to an alpha but purely to keep him within the ferrari um the ferrari family and keep gene Haas happy because they're on a lower budget um, and, and can't afford a, a driver who keeps wrecking cars like that yeah. So uh, I know that's a lot of ifs, what's, buts and maybes, but yeah. hey, that's what we do here. 
Let's that's what, that's what I was about to say. Let's let's stick with with hypotheticals, hypotheticals, hypotheticals for a second. And uh, looking at the grid as a whole and the performances up to this point this year, do you see? Uh, let's go with Cedro first, I guess. Do you see uh, many changes in terms of driver lineups for the twenty twenty three season, or what do you see? Uh, I don't. I see Alonso uh, going back to McLaren, maybe. Oh, wow. Jesus. Well, he, he <laughs> As I you mean, can tell from that, we all agree with you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exciting, but yeah, interesting. Because uh, I don't think he's, uh, I think Oscar uh, Pestriati or yeah, yeah. yeah, he's definitely taking his place there. So mm. going, having Alonso back to McLaren, and I'm sure they'll be delighted. Uh, Haas, I think Magnussen is definitely has a seat there for next year. Mm. Not not so sure about Mick Schumacher. Yeah, the freeze yeah. probably come in for Latifi then in Williams. Uh, Latifi is. I'll be surprised if Latifi's still there next year. I'll be surprised if he's there till the end of the season. If I'm honest, <laughs> next week even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he turns up for Baku, yeah. <laughs> He crashed the car uh, on the way to the track. Yeah, I think um, uh, Schumacher has better chances of staying next year rather than Latifi. Oh, I agree, but that's even what... even if just because he carries the name Schumacher, I'll say that, that will mm-hmm. have some weight on the decision. If they if any team has to pick between Schumacher and Latifi, they'll definitely go with Schumacher, even if he crashes. Yeah, the car every every three races or something. Yeah, I'll give you a 50 to 1 bet that Latifi goes and legally changes his surname to Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get another year. Um, and on, you, you mentioned um, Nick DeFries there, uh, Dave Robinson of Williams coming out and, and um, talking about him and saying that he was a top quality competition driver and that he was worthy of a place on the grid. So it it, it there's... There's uh, whispers and rumors there, or it looks like it's starting anyway. That that Latifi might be on the way out. Yeah, it, it's. I but these whispers started a while ago, didn't they? Like mm. it's uh, like the, the the man spins that car all the time, like all the time. Like I think every is it every race weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like you know, whether it's a free practice, whether it's a qualifying race, whatever. He's spinning the car, he's in the gravel, he's in the wall, he's in someone else's car. He's, you know, the man crashes the bus on the way to the track and he's not even driving the bus. Like, you know, that's how bad he is. Like, so, yeah, yeah he's got to go. And and look, all jokes aside about his, his um, the accidents and stuff that he has. But I just think in terms of even if he didn't have an accident, I just don't think he has the pace. Do you know, he doesn't have yeah. the, the nerve to, 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 to eke that extra... A couple of tenths out of that car that is capable of it that obviously Albon and George Russell managed to do on Nick DeFries. I, I think unfortunately I, uh, I'm not 100 up to speed now on the current F2 lineup because there was a lot of F2 drivers that that the likes of Callum Eilat and stuff like that. That um, I think Robert Schwartzman is still um, actually. Do you know who's actually good? Um, sorry, I'm jumping off uh williams altogether because he's a ferrari academy guy um the guy that came in after leclerc left um oh jesus what's his name porsche is it porsche mm. um he's absolutely incredible i think 
Um, he'd be great to see in Formula One. And if now he's not a he's not a F two champion or anything yet, but I think um, he's definitely a good driver. Um, so yeah, I think there's great drivers coming out of F two, but I just don't think the right ones are getting the getting mm, the get drives. The drives. Um, we, we kind of, uh, we skirted around it a little bit, Isidro mentioning um, Alonso and a McLaren move there. Danny Ricardo has been in the in the papers this week. Um, wh- what do we think is, is going to happen this year with Danny? Um, are we going to see an upturn in form? Uh, is he leaving McLaren? What's going to happen? Yeah, uh, Ricardo is, has been on the news and uh, they're definitely not, not happy. I mean, he's... Is a good driver, but uh, he hasn't shown that in the, for the past few races. Mm. And with Alonso not being happy with Alpine, I'm sure he will look into another team and McLaren might be that team. They'll be happy to take him back, I imagine. And uh, put uh, Norris with, uh, with Alonso. Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, I think I think Daniel Ricciardo, he either has to really find his form quick. Like yeah. Formula One's ruthless. Like you can't, you don't have time to just kind of go, oh, I'm having a bad season. You'd want to be someone like Lewis Hamilton or Sebastian Vettel or someone who is a multi-world champion or certainly someone who competes for the championship each year um, to be able to have a bad season and just chalk it up as a bad season and we go again next year. But... <clears throat> Daniel Ricciardo, I just, yeah, unfortunately, he doesn't have that luxury. Um, like, great driver, always was, uh, like, in terms of his style, he was always, like, the last to hit the brake pedal. Like, he was always late on the brakes, was great at doing those sort of lunge overtakes into corners. Um, but now, just, just whether it's the car, whether it's his own mindset, um, but he either gets that kind of in check soon or, yeah, like you get chewed up and spat out in Formula One. And I, I kind of like that about Formula One, that it is that ruthless. Like there is no margin for error. Um, so, yeah. It's, it seems to be a little bit of a repeat of last season as well, because he had a similarly iffy start to last season, if drive to survive is anything to go by. Um, and he started to have a little bit of an upturn. I think the, was it Monza that the two McLarens was a one-two? Was that Yeah, Monza? that's right. Yeah, uh, and things started to kind of pick up a little bit for him. So, I mean, it, it seems to be heading that direction. Maybe it's just that, again, the new, the new car, and he just takes a little bit of time to kind of get into a season, or he needs a big result to get himself kick-started. But, I mean, as you say, Formula One is absolutely ruthless, and yeah. I don't think anything would excite me more than to see Alonso and Norris lining up together, two fearless drivers, but it'd be sad to see. It'd be something sad to see Ricardo. He's, he's a great character in Formula that smile, One. That smile, that winning smile. He yeah. just, yeah, he just brings a nice character. Yeah, big, great character to 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 the grid and stuff like that. Um, but also it'd be a bit weird seeing him in a, you know, kicking him down the the grid. You know, like it's it's like looking at Sebastian Vettel now. It's it's just yeah. sad to see. It's like you know, it's like one of these '80s rock stars who you know. <laughs> You know, leather pants, fucking shirt, top off, looking fucking slick. 
and then they're just fat and bloated and just you know with a <laughs> with a bottle of booze and a brown paper bag and you're like oh this is sad looking <laughs> driving for hess uh, yeah them. um right guys uh we're we're about one week away now from from race day in baku let's let's move on and, and talk uh race weeks what do you think of uh, or what do you think this track will favor in terms of teams and then keeping in mind um this was a win this time last year for sergio perez ironically enough dave let's start with you um do you know i was thinking about this um and i wish because we did our predictions already and i know they're locked in it's done <laughs> but i have a feeling this is just a gut feeling that the mercedes are gonna do really well Ooh. because they're um they had the pace, I think. I remember looking at the speed traps and stuff in the last couple of races. Like they're starting to get the pace, um, and I think a lot of their issues was still like the cornering and stuff. Um, but in Baku, like the the corners are slow speed corners. I think in most of Baku, or they're they're sweeping. I don't think they're corners that would affect their porpoising that they have within within the corners. Um, so I think if they and I think they they're starting to get on top of that porpoising anyway. So even if they do have any down the straights and stuff like that, um, I don't think it'll maybe impact them as much. So I'm confident or I'm quietly confident. Well, not quietly. I'm recording on a podcast. Um, <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Mercedes will, it, it will go well for them this, this weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this not the track that has the longest straight yeah. on the schedule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, there, is, there is whispers coming from uh, Mercedes um about upgrades isidro have you have you read anything about these upgrades uh i have to disagree with uh, with david i don't think the upgrades okay. with mercedes will will be the lucky start for them no but you think alonso's going back to mclaren <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh for the race i mean last year should not be the, the best uh the best thing to compare because vettel finished second last year Pierre Gasly, so that that's definitely going not going to happen this year. Yeah, uh, I'll say that because it's a fast Ferrari will probably be the ones with the fastest car, and I'll okay. not be. Hang on, hang on, let me just jump in here. Let me just jump in for a second. Sorry, Isidro, just cut your flow here. I wasn't <laughs> saying that McLaren were going or Mercedes were going to win it. I just, I just meant that they were going to have a good weekend and we're going to go well. <laughs> well, well. What's a good weekend for you then? If it's I, know, not I, think, winning. Uh, I think we might see someone on the podium. Russell. Oh. Well, I don't know. Russell or, or, or uh, maybe, maybe Lewis gets a little Russell. excited, but um, <laughs> I predict Dave predict now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wasn't like, I mean, Jesus, I got absolutely slated there. Like I was predicting a Mercedes one, two. <laughs> yeah. I had to yeah. defend my honor. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, the, clearly the the um, this upturn in, in uh, opinion on Mercedes is to do with the the upgrades. This is this is a, a recent development. This, it is a uh, recent development. Uh, yeah, no. So it was the trackside engineering director uh, Andrew Shovlin who was inter interviewed, um, and he mentioned that there uh, it wasn't maybe hinting at so much the upgrades, um, but it was more the tweaks to the upgrade package uh, that they brought um, and. I think they're expecting a, uh, you know, to be closer to the Red Bull and Ferrari. So I think, I, I don't know, I just, even without that, I just, I think uh, 
I had time to to give it more thought than I did in the than I did when I, I gave my predictions and uh, regretted maybe my predictions, um, especially when I could have gone for 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 my uh, my surprise. I could have gone with a Mercedes, but I yeah. So um, yeah, I look. I I think I think they're going to do well. I don't think they're going to win as Edro, <laughs> but I think they'll do well. <laughs> so the well could be a podium. But not winning. That's what yeah, I'll I'll go with a third place um, for a Mercedes driver. I, I, you know, I might even you know, I'll go bold and I'll go outside of our predictions. <laughs> I'll say a three four for Mercedes. Oh, oh, interesting. Little side hustle bet. Now keep keep in mind that we've got say fifteen races left this season. We've had what seven <clears> so far? Is it seven rounds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very possible for a Mercedes. Uh, for Mercedes to get back into the into the title race and put themselves among the Ferrari and Red Bull, they're not far behind. No. So I mean, if they if they start creeping into it, which they're doing pretty quick, um, they're getting on top of things pretty quick. Another couple of races, yeah, it keeps them it keeps them in the hunt still. I think George Russell's keeping them in the hunt, but yeah, they'll, they'll be in the hunt still. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week for a uh, full race review of the Azerbaijan-Baku uh, Grand Prix weekend. As always, if you want to get in touch with your own questions, comments, or corrections, send them on to feedback at latenightracereview.com or anywhere you find us on social media. Until next week.